He rubs against your legs, purring loudly. Large, sapphire eyes gazing up at you. Love is in the air. Until he lunges at the only exposed skin on your ankles. As unpredictable as your cat may be, you want a cat litter you can count on. World's best cat litter is the hard-working, odor-destroying litter with no harmful chemicals or clay dust. And because it's made from corn, it's natural and sustainable. Try World's Best Cat Litter for the world's best cat. Hey, it's Intern John. Get more from your store with Safeway's Fresh Pass program. Enjoy more services like unlimited free delivery and all your grocery needs. More exclusive perks like 5% off every day, your favorite organic or open nature items across the stores, and more rewards that never expire. And now, enjoy limited time offer and save up to $5 per pickup order with a Fresh Pass subscription. Get Safeway's Fresh Pass to enjoy exclusive perks, unlimited free delivery, and more. Start your 30-day free trial today. Visit Safeway.com slash Fresh Pass for program details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Season's greetings to you all. The experience I'm sharing tonight came from a gentleman named Robert Manton. Rob contacted me in April of this year due to an experience that he's still struggling to come to terms with. When you have had an unexplained event happen, your life changes forever. You know, not only do you view the world through different eyes, you will also effectively have two selves. The one you had before it happened and the new one. The one after the event who suddenly has no blinkers on and you're left with so many unanswered questions. One of which is usually, why me? Quickly followed by, was it something I did? Was it how I acted? Will it happen again? And how on earth am I going to explain this to people, family or my friends? If that event is also terrifying and beyond most human scale of belief, it's even harder to share with others. Where do you go to to find answers? Who do you ask for help? Many of the people who contact me, the people that are reporting, they're, very, they're left confused and unsure where to go or how to proceed. And in this case, as in many others, I was my usual useless self. I don't have the answer that Rob seeks. I don't have the answer to his questions. As I have all the same questions myself. I felt like I'd let Rob down as I couldn't sway his fears or help him in his confusion. I couldn't put him in touch with someone who's gone through the same event. His experience is really a standalone event. Only someone faced with the same danger will understand. We both thought long and hard about sharing these events. We wanted to put public safety first and we will not be releasing the exact area that this event happened in. And for that reason, it's just to keep people safe. But now, all I can say is it took place in a mountain woodland over the Welsh border. We had to weigh up the dangers and balance them with the pursuit of answers for Rob. Two seasons have passed since it happened in April of this year. 
I feel the area will be very different now, with far less ground cover and resources around. There are no other reports at this time of the year there, and most activity seems to happen in late spring. The area does have a history of strange howls that are heard along the valley, and some locals have dubbed the howler as the beast. It's high hill country with thickly wooded valleys, farms, lone houses, streams, moorland, rivers and brooks. And it's out there in the wilds. And even in tourist season, you can hike for hours without seeing a soul. I secretly visited the area of Mark in the summer months. And although we parked as close as possible, it was too far for me to make my way in. Mark went in for me, as he's far more agile. And he's pretty good at debunking my flights of fancy. I usually have a nap in the car when he does this, as he takes a while. He loves to walk in the woods, especially new ones that we haven't explored before. But this time was different. I couldn't settle. And Mark didn't stay long as he was back to the car straight away. He said he felt watched the entire time. But to be honest, so did I. I couldn't relax or ground myself. My head was on a swivel and I thought Mark was creeping about behind the car. So when he came out of the woods in a completely different direction, really threw me. And that feeling, if you know that shiver down your fine, that awful feeling, it stayed with me really so we left the area. And if my legs are really bad, I'll sit in the car seat and put my bare feet on the ground to ground myself. But something told me not to do this and I accepted that request. There was something very different here. The atmosphere felt off in some way. A feeling I couldn't pinpoint and one I'm not keen to revisit. We drove down and away from the woods and we parked in the next car park and I got the coffee flask out as we were both feeling really off. We spoke to a few dog walkers that passed us by and asked if they'd experienced anything strange in the area whilst out on their walks. Two separate walkers told us about the unusual number of sheep kills in the area. So many sheep were taken that it had become a farm watch area due to the high number of complaints from local farmers. One lady told us she'd seen a small poultry and bits of rabbit killed further up the valley. The meat was taken and just the feathers and skins were left behind. And she queried if it could be the work of a big cat. I had to be honest and just say, I don't know, I'm not sure. It could possibly be a human, because they are the strangest animals of all. While sitting in the car watching the woods, I tried to imagine myself in Rob's place. How it would feel to suddenly be confronted by something like this. And as you listen to what Rob had to go through, put yourself in his shoes. What would you have done that night? What would you have done differently? I found the answers to that question really easy. I chose survival, so I would have done exactly what Rob did and got myself home safe. I have only deleted the area in this case, the words of Robert's alone. I've left his name for the friendly creatures as the sash creatures, as that's what he called them. And I feel it's important to keep the report as correct as possible with no interference from me. Rob stated, before I proceed, I'll share with you the location of my experience, but I'm not so sure you should share it with everyone else. I don't want anyone to go looking for them and get themselves hurt, because I believe 
I was very lucky to walk away from my experience that day. Firstly, I would like to thank you, Deb, for providing a platform for people to be able to speak about experiences that they've had. And I have an experience to share. Hopefully, yourself, of one of your support crew, will be able to fully understand what happened and help me get to grips with it all. The experience was wonderful and terrible. It was magnificent, yet mortifying. Something that will stay with me till the day I take my last breath. When I tell you what happened, I want you to take into account that there are some parts of the events that are still a little hazy or dreamlike. Almost unreal. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I would have struggled to believe it. But I'll try my best to express what I saw, how I felt and what transpired. It all happened on the second weekend of April 2021. After a tough lockdown due to the pandemic, I made plans with a close friend to go hiking in some of the UK's beautiful mountains and forests for a couple of days. After being locked down for so long, it felt like we were celebrating our newfound freedom. Anyway, that day we were due to set off and my friend cancelled on me due to feeling under the weather and worried about the virus. I still didn't want to miss out on all that freedom, so I decided to just go on my own. But I thought I'd only stay over for one night. I figured there would be plenty of other people out there, as there are some good biking trails and hiking routes. So with everything packed in my rucksack, I was on my way. It turns out that it isn't as touristy as I thought, and I was kind of happy about that, if I'm honest. Later that day, on my arrival, I checked out the visitor centre, I made sure I had trail maps and the like. And with one final check through my rucksack, I decided I had everything I needed and I set off, a big smile going from ear to ear. I was really happy. The day passed by leisurely. The scenery was breathtaking. I saw waterfalls and wildflowers and sweet yet musky smell that filled the air was fantastic. My senses were alive and popping and I felt great. And when I think about things now, I'm sure I brought what happened on myself. In all honesty, I really didn't want to say at the official campsite. So I was being a bit naughty when I decided to set off and camp deep in the forest along the hillsides. At this time, it seemed like a great idea. Would I do it again with what I know now? No. But at the time, I had no idea what was to come. I was just really happy to be where I was at that moment. I started to search for a clearing so I could set up my tent, somewhere suitable to light a small controlled fire, warm some food, make some cocoa. Everything was going perfectly. I even revisited a childhood treat of marshmallows roasted on a stick on the fire. I spent most of the evening reminiscent of the past, thinking back on times in my life, you know, recalling my childhood's greatest moments, Remembering my first love, my first job. And it was a nice evening, remembering. I was really happy, more so than I'd been for quite a while, if I'm truthful. And through the evening, I could hear noises around me, like the cracking of twigs and rustling. And there was quite a bit of noise, really. I just thought it was down to rabbits or the deer or, you know, some other woodland creature. I sat up next to the fire and I started to sip some water over it to put it out before I went to sleep. 
safe. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She first, as always. And as I started to pour the water onto the fire, a strange sensation washed over me. A warning feeling that I shouldn't be putting that fire out. That it was such a pretty thing. And as the fire went out, for no reason I could think of, I became filled with sorrow and sadness. I couldn't understand this at all. Why was I feeling like this? Then, out of nowhere, I suddenly became very calm, like a reassuring thought had been placed in my mind. Be still. Be calm. You're safe. That rolled and rolled in my mind continuously. But somehow, I knew these thoughts were not mine. They were not my thoughts. I wanted to run. Something was not right with this situation. But I couldn't move. I was rooted to the spot. And honestly, I'm really starting to panic by now. And suddenly, these thoughts have become questions. Why did you put the pretty fire out? Why are you here? And these questions rolled around my mind, invading me from many angles. What came next made me near enough mess myself. Wherever this voice was coming from, it said, but not with words, you are okay, little one, you are safe. We will watch over you and we'll keep you safe. We can see your soul, so we will protect you from the bad one. Strangely enough, I began to feel calm again. I felt safe. I started to think that I was having a mental episode of some kind. And then the voice came again. Little one, be still. The bad one watches you. But we will keep you safe. Those words rolled round and round in my head. And I was starting to feel scared again now. The warm, safe feeling had gone. And I start to frantically pack up my camp and my belongings. And I'm telling myself, I'm out of here. And suddenly, from nowhere, I feel weak. My head's spinning. I keep falling to my knees. I remember holding my head, feeling a pressure I would have sworn was going to make my head explode. I felt sick and nauseous. Something wasn't right at all. Out of nowhere, 
this deep vibrating rumble came from my six o'clock position and this grumbling sound was growing stronger and louder with every second. This sound was crippling me somehow. I had no strength. I thought I was going to die there and then. And somehow, over the top of this rumbling and vibration sound, I could just make out, run, little one, please run. Please, go, go, go. Run, run, run. But it's impossible to follow these requests. I couldn't move any part of my body. I was completely frozen. I tried to stand up. I got halfway up when, boom, I was not completely off my feet again. I was spent sprawling, God knows how far. But I had to guess, I'd say I was shoved at least 10 feet away from where I'd been. I looked up and I saw something that is impossible. Standing there, not far from me, are two sash creatures. And that was bad. But what was worse was what they were standing between between myself and this absolute giant of a creature. I couldn't name it. It wasn't a sash like them. I don't know what it was to this day. I tried to get up, but I found I was being held down by an unseen force. And as I started to freak out, that calm feeling started to come back. I wasn't scared anymore. I looked down and I saw two big-ish hairy arms that were holding me. I spun round, so I'm now face to face with one of the sash creatures. And it was young, not as big as the other two, and much smaller than the unnamed creature. I could sense it was female, and we locked eyes, and I could see the warmth and love in hers. She was protecting me. She held my gaze, and she refused to let me look away at what was going on over my shoulder. I saw only her eyes. The sounds I heard going on around me assured me there was a major battle taking place. This went on for what seemed like an hour of fighting, but it was probably more like five minutes in reality, and everything went quiet. When things became silent, I realised the female had stopped, and things were now eerie and still. The young female sash who was with me was holding me. She loosened her grip and she let her eyes flip past me. And I turned to see a sash creature that was about eight feet tall. And it was dragging a lifeless body into the deep forest, the creature's body. I'm now seeing one big sash, one big dead creature I still can't name, and another sash next to me. Where's the other one, I thought? There was three sash creatures here before the fight. The young Sash must have known my thoughts and she tapped me on the back of the hand and pointed towards a now broken tree. And what I saw saddened me. There, at the broken part of the tree, was the Sash. So she was sitting up, leaning against the tree and she looked to be in a really bad way. Then the young Sash was in my head again. Follow me, little one, she beckoned in my mind. I went to grab my backpack and my belongings. She grabbed my arm in such a way that words and projected thoughts were not needed. Come, now. Go, please, it's not safe. I'll show you out. I'll show you out. I was literally being dragged away. She led me to a biking trail and pushed me out onto it. And she pointed in the direction that I needed to go. And as she turned to leave, I reached out 
and rubbed her hand and she paused and she let me take her hand and she said in my mind, my mother is dying, the others will blame you, please go now. In desperation, I said out loud as well as trying my best to mentally protect what I was saying, thank you, I blurted out and she smiled and I went to speak more, but she held her hand up to silence me. She stroked the side of my face, gentler and softer, one last time and said thank you for letting me see your memories in your soul. And she then turned and left. The next week was a bad one for me, as you can imagine. I just could not get my head around what had happened. So I hit the internet and I found some channels and these channels stopped me from losing my mind and they led me to you. As for the sash, the younger one that was protecting me, you could tell she was female and she was close to my height, maybe six feet tall. And I assume the other two were her parents. Both her parents were around eight to nine feet tall. And their fur reminded me of the fur that a chimp would have. And it was fine, but thick and protective. You could see very defined muscles. For a size example, their thighs were three times the size of my thighs. And as this all happened in moonlight, their fur was just looked black to me. It covered them like a chimpanzee, but the hair was very sparse around the chest and the belly area. The creature they killed to protect me, I struggled to describe it. Even now, it was standing up on two legs and it was as black as the night sky. And it was just a bit bigger in stature and height than the adult sash that was protecting me. I still don't know what I saw. It was just big and it clearly wanted to hurt me. I've never gone back to that same spot out of respect. They protected me. They saved me possibly at a great cost to themselves. So I'm not sure they'll be as friendly if I went back. Since then, I've reflected a lot, as you can imagine. These are my following ideas and theories on the why and what. My respect for these beings is now massive and I know I'm lucky to be alive. I do believe that they're capable of reading your mind and they know our intent. They can see our very thoughts and they look right into your soul. Well, that's what I would assume after my experience. They look- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right into the very center of me. And I feel as though they weigh your soul and that determines the experience or lack of experience that you may have. The idea that they can live or view our memories freaks me out, if I'm honest. But I need to know what the creature they protected me from was. I should be dead. After researching, I'm honestly leaning towards a skinwalker, shapeshifter type thing. But I'm still learning so I may be way off the mark. I bottled this thing up. I couldn't speak about it. And now I feel I have to. 
It feels like the floodgates have opened and I need to know what it was. It's like an itch I can't scratch. But back to the Sasquatch. I firmly believe they talk to us in their minds and if they choose to. They can overwhelm our senses. I believe it's a defence method of theirs. But they can use it to soothe you or calm you as well. It all depends on the situation. But they are not the only things that are out there. It's a weird feeling to know that a soul can be seen. Well, I say that, but I've been told in the past that humans have an aura around them, a colour. Maybe that's what they say and use to judge us accordingly. And for them to see my memories, they might be able to see what our minds see when we think and are reminiscent. I'm thinking that because I was thinking about my past when they were watching me. They could sense it and in turn have a way of understanding it, a way of understanding my memories, I mean. I'm not saying they watched my memories, but they might interpret the feeling within them. They're very special, very special. The creature that came for me was around 10 to 12 feet in height. I'm guessing, as I had no way of knowing for sure, it had two legs, two arms, and it was hairy, but only to a point. It had short hair on its back and legs, with no hair at all on its arms. Its eyes were a kind of green that I'd never seen before. It had big eyes that were deeply set, a very prominent jawline. It was very square. Its nose was more of a bump with two gaping holes for nostrils. I couldn't see any ears whatsoever, and its hands were very human-like, but they were very long, too long, to the point that it looked out of proportion, if you get what I mean. Its feet were massive, and the nail on the big toe was big, almost like a weapon. From what I've heard about dogmen and werewolves, it's not that. It had no snout or dog's ears of any kind. Nothing about it was dog-related. That's my experience, and I feel a little silly sending this. Well, embarrassed, to be honest. At the start of the year, I would never have believed anything like this was possible. And now, I've seen them for myself, and I cannot deny them. Thank you for getting back to me, Deb. Just having someone that believes me and confirms I'm not going mad means so much. I was thinking about staying anonymous, but if I did, I feel I would be doing my experience an injustice. Something special happened. Something that has not only happened to myself, but to others. They are brave enough to come forward, lay themselves bare and speak without fear. If I stayed anonymous, I would be doing them an injustice too. So feel free to use my name. You asked if I wanted to see them again, and I feel like the answer should be no. But something inside of me yearns to see them again. I can't explain it, but I know I'm probably not welcome there, that something could happen to me if I did go. I still dream of the one that was badly hurt. I hear the screams and the shouts and the thuds. I can feel the young one holding me tight, shielding me. I try to picture the horrible creature, but my mind will not allow it. I get a faint picture in my mind, and as quick as it's there, it's gone. And I've started to wonder if something was done to me in order to make me forget the creature and what it looked like. I don't know for sure. It's just a thought that crossed my mind. 
Maybe in the future, I'll revisit the very place, try to give thanks or something. When I say this next thing, please don't think I'm insane. But I think the young one visits my dreams. I wake up from a dream I don't remember, but I can smell her, like she was in the room with me. And obviously there's no one in the room but me. But the sensation feels so real. There's so much more to say, to unravel, to understand. I will be very grateful for help in getting it out of my head, to make sense of it all. Did I do something wrong? Am I to blame for what happened? So many questions fly around my mind. I'm sure you understand that. Like you said, if we share this, someone else might come forward. They might have had something similar happen and fingers crossed around the same location as mine. Since I've been researching, I've heard about an experience, but it was experienced by a physicist. Some of the things he described were very similar, but his experience was a good one. And I wonder if it's in the same location. I think when I found you, I thought you'd have this magic wand of truth and knowledge and all the answers to the questions that I had. And that wasn't fair of me. I'm sorry. I wonder if there are any groups you could point me in, you know, in a good direction, as I'd love to be able to speak with others who were blessed or burdened with an encounter. I feel I'm becoming a little obsessive, if I'm honest in my search to find answers, to the point I'm actually thinking of going back. Not because I want proof of validation, I can't describe it. It's like something calling from the back of your mind. So I think I probably will be going back at some point for certain. How do I help Rob? Because I feel that just listening to him is not enough. Are there others out there who've experienced something similar to this event? Can you recognise the creature with the description that came from Rob that night? Have you ever been visited in your dreams after an experience? And if so, were you visited at home? Do you know a group or direction that we can point Rob in to get him some help? I know you will all have thoughts on this experience and you may know of someone who can help him. Is Rob connected to that young Sash? I have to ask, why did she help him when she could have just stayed hidden? I would love to be able to answer these questions for Rob. He asked me if he'd done something wrong or enticed the bad creature experience in some way. And I don't believe that he did. There are literally thousands of negative forces out there, each with a different name and agenda but with the same goal in mind, which is to drain your energy and use you as a host. They will return night after night if they have to. They can change shape, switch appearances in a split second. They can stalk, hunt and feed like predators. Was it Rob's wandering mind and his relaxed state that connected him to the little one? As she sat enjoying his memories, was that energy picked up on? by the horrid thing with green eyes and human-like fingers? Does that creature flick through energy vibrations, looking for someone he can engage with, a host for him to feed from? Or do they use some cryptids like hound dogs to track and follow prey, appearing at the last moment to feed? Monstrous things 
that use the night and the dark corners to hide until it's time to feed for their energy lust. Like vampires, parasitic beings with an appetite that is never fulfilled. I'm not one to believe that all beings are like this. In all things, there is light and dark, positive and negative. Some beings are enslaved by their own choices or enslaved to the land. Their entire mission is to drain you of energy. They crave it and sometimes even murderous in their pursuit. Yet others are healing and helpful as were the female sash creatures. One gave its life to save Rob. Has he, already, has he always been connected to them? Or were they unfamiliar with Rob? Just protecting him as they bore him no malice. Do they follow that negative thing wherever it goes? Or was this a new experience for the Sasha also? Perhaps it followed them. Honed into Rob and set itself to catch him. All of these questions and so many more will be on the forefront of Rob's mind. He will doubt himself a million times over. He will become almost obsessed in his search for answers, as many of us do, and I have. It is natural for us humans to expect an answer to every question, a rhyme and reason for every, every event. And what of the dream visits by the young female? Has she always been around Rob? Or was their meeting that night a coincidence? Why is she visiting him at home in his dream time? I've experienced this also. And I can attest that it does not feel like a dream. It's very lucid and real. Are they bonded forever now? Or will the visit cease? I cannot answer these questions. I only have my own experiences to go by. I'm not really sure if anyone can answer these questions. Opening up about this event was very hard for Rob and it was a really brave move on his behalf. I know what it's like to walk in Rob's shoes, but not to the extent that he's had to endure. I've seen the negative ones. They are very Adarpist-like, more lemur than canine, impossible to explain even to a seasoned researcher. I only know the reference as one of our long-term listeners explained the theory to me. Something I'd like to discuss at a later day with you all. But for now, imagine a giant lemur, as old as Gigantopithecus blacker, that walks upright on two legs, has a stub of a nose and no tail, extra large eyes and a slitted mouth, a sagittal crest and thickly muscled limbs. It's also believed there were six species variants, depending on the area that the Adarpis lived. It has been proven these primates did live on the European continent. When I started tonight's podcast, I explained how hard it is for me when I can't answer the questions that witnesses have. And in this case, I have nothing to compare it to. This kind of event is rare on a global scale. But the past has shown me there will be others out there and we have to find them. Hopefully you guys can help me with that. As the earth turns to its darkest season in a time that is darker than usual, you have a real chance for change. A change in how witnesses are treated and a change in the people out there helping. You have to believe it will get easier and there will be more of us. My seasonal wish is the same as all the other years. 
As the moon turns new, I usually ask the universe for a clue where I need to go next in my search for answers. I also ask if I should hang up my kit and put my boots away. I get the same reply every year. One foot in front of the other, Deb, one bite at a time. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year, and I'll be back with Deb Singleton for more of the light. Good night, everyone. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.